Hello, and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. There is no better way to celebrate Easter Sunday, what Jesus has done, than to look at the testimonies and to listen to some incredible testimonies. Baptism itself is a great symbol of death and new life. So I just want to say really quickly, as we go across there, and you'll see everything up on our incredible screen up here, as you see people going under the water and coming up, it's representation of someone dying and coming up, a new person, as Jesus came back to life. Are you with me? It's a chance to say you've been washed with the blood of Jesus. It's that opportunity that you have a new life in Christ, that the old has gone and the new has come. So think of that. When you see that happening, think of that. But also testimonies, which is the bit that everyone sort of gulps at at this point, because they're a bit nervous. There's a few nervous people. Uh, we've got one person with a video today, because he was so nervous. He's a great guy. But he's gonna... <laughs> Paul, you'll see him in a minute. We did a video in the week. It's fantastic. Uh, but testimonies are such an important part of this service, because they witness to the changing transformation that the Holy Spirit brings when you say yes to Jesus Christ. But the work someone or the work Jesus has done in, in people's lives as you witness to who God is and his saving grace. So we're going to have a chance to hear some testimonies in a minute. But the shortest testimony, if you look in scripture, is in John 20. Who's the first person to see Jesus? Mary Magdalene, yeah? And she didn't see him at first, did she? Because she was so distraught because the body was missing. If you look, check out in John 20, verse 14 to 18, she's so distraught. And it wasn't until Jesus said what? Mary. It wasn't until Jesus said Mary, her eyes were opened and she saw her saviour. She said, Rabbi, teacher, that means. But she saw her saviour and she went and told the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And this is what today is all about. Jesus has spoken to these five people getting baptised and they've called, he's called them by name. And their eyes have been opened. And they're telling you, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I know, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And this is what testimonies are all about. And I just pray today that for those of you that are thinking, I don't know what's going on, but I'm kind of excited, I'm not sure. I pray that you'll hear the voice of God say your name through the testimonies today. I pray that if you leave this, this church today, you'll, you'll leave changed in the power of Christ and you'll know Jesus perhaps for the first time. And you'll be able to say, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord and he is good. And he is good. I'll say no more. <laughs> I'll say no more. Listen for the voice of Jesus as we invite our first uh, person up to give their testimony. Yolanda. They say a picture paints a thousand words. In my case, it stirred a thousand emotions. One day in my early teens, as we were traveling in a on a highway, I noticed the most amazing painting um, in the sky. I felt overwhelming calmness and peace looking at the scene of a river and trees. In sharp contrast to this, I felt a heavy feeling of, lo of the lostness of man. I started crying and sobbing for the lost world. In this moment, I was totally humbled before God. I wanted to be in the painting in the sky where there was a feeling of belonging and peace. I knew in that moment only Jesus Christ could provide that to me. My testimony today is not only about step one of life when I accepted Jesus as my saviour. I paused at step one for too long. This caused me to have so much guilt not being obedient to what God's word and what the Holy Spirit placed in my heart. 
1 Peter 3 verse 21. And this water symbolized the baptism that now, now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Part of my testimony today is being obedient to God and being water baptized, burying my old life with the ways of my previous church and starting with the new. I was brought up in a church where I was christened as a baby. I could no longer ignore God's voice or his word regarding baptism. I know God is planning a new season for my life, and I know through being obedient, he will lead me in the right direction for what he planned for me. I can do this through complete trust in his promises for me. As my father who loves me and has my best interests at heart and who made me for a purpose for such a time like this. Um, I am so grateful for his patience, being faithful to never let me go, and his mercy to never give up on me. I have a father that lives in me, that protected me as a teenager against so many things. It helped me through losses in my life that I was able to cope with, able to be at peace with. Yes, I'm not perfect, but it's okay. God knows my heart. I can see that where I've spent more time with God, God made, I made better choices. I appreciate the way he supports me in bringing up my children in his word. It has happened so many times that he backs me up during my kids' Bible readings at night, acknowledging and confirming what I told them earlier during the day about God's ways. It is the old situation where you never believe what your mom says, but believe what the teacher, in this case God, says. I believe we were placed here from, for a reason from South Africa, and this is only a start of a new season that I'm excited about. Psalm 139, verse 16 to 17. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. You just join me as we just pray for Yolanda now. Father God, I want to just thank you for Yolanda, Lord. I want to thank you that you know her better than she knows herself, Lord. I want to thank you for the journey that she's been on and the journey that's to come, Lord. I just want to pray that you'll help her to uh, have your peace, Lord, to know your peace today as she's filled again with you, Lord, as she's declared, Lord, her love for you and declared that uh, you are her saviour and uh, that you are her guide. I just pray, Lord, that you'll help her to follow you and you'll keep her close. You'll go before her, you'll be behind her, beside her, above her and below her, Lord. Keep her, protect her and bless her, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Yolanda. I'm just going to invite up uh, Natalie now. Okay, mine's a bit longer, so strap in. <laughs> 
Okay, hopefully you won't go to sleep. So as a baby, I was christened, but I never knew God. Over the years, I can see many times that God tried to call me and how he helped me, or at least tried to, even though I didn't know him. I remember as a child in year six in an RE lesson being so curious and asking my teacher if God was really real, and the teacher said he didn't know. That kind of put a stop to it for a while for me, seeing my teacher as someone I thought knew everything. I then remember when I was 15, we were in Florida queuing for a roller coaster, and I had this vision that I wouldn't be able to go on the ride, and the rest of my family and friends we were with would go on, and I'd have to walk over to the other side of the platform where you get off, um, and wait for the next ride to come, and I'd have to get on there alone. I remember saying this, I think, to my dad at the time, that what I'd seen, and he suggested that I move to a different queue, but I didn't, and I thought perhaps I was just being silly, overactive imagination. And sure enough, when it was my turn, my seat was broken. There was a plastic bottle strapped down in the chair as if it was out of use, and I had to cross, wait on the other side of the platform, watch my family go on the ride, and I had to get on the next one alone. At that time, I thought, wow, I've had some kind of premonition here, um, and now I believe it was a word from God, but didn't know that at the time. At 21, I met my now husband, and everywhere we went, we kept seeing the word angel. I felt like it was a sign that angels had brought us together, or my grandfather as my guardian angel. We believed it so much so that we had matching tattoos that said angel and had it engraved on our wedding rings when we married two years later. But still, I did not believe in God and would go as far as to say that I was an atheist and um, therefore didn't want to get married in church as I felt I would be a hypocrite. It wasn't until December 2016 when I went with my school um, working as a teacher to a local church for our nativity and carol service. It was no different to any other year except that this year I was completely overcome with emotion. I just couldn't explain it. I'd never just cry in front of the children but I just couldn't contain it. I told my colleagues, one of which was a Christian, and he encouraged me to try church, which I did, and I didn't look back. That colleague and friend supported, encouraged, and prayed for me in those early times. And the same colleague was someone who I actually did not get along with at the beginning of my teaching career. So for him to be the one to bring me to the Lord seemed completely nuts. I get along with everyone, and this was so odd for me to feel like this, but God completely turned this relationship around, and we became really good friends. And like this example, I've seen so many things turned around because of God. There have been big and small things that I've seen God move in, but weirdly, I remember the smaller ones more. I think because it makes me realise how much God cares about the smallest details in my life, and if he cares about the small things, then I know he cares about the big things. My small things are like when my shopping was coming and I thought, why did I order chicken nuggets? We've got loads of those. I now realise that's really bad that I've put that in there. I don't feed my children chicken nuggets all the time. Um, <laughs> and these lint, um, reindeers that I'd ordered as well, I'd seen them cheaper somewhere else and I shouldn't have put them on the shopping. I'm the type of person that wouldn't have sent them back and I would have just accepted them as I'd made the mistake by ordering them. The shopping came and both the nuggets and the lint reindeers were not available. Perfect. Some people might think that this is a coincidence, but I've seen many examples like that. Prompts from the Holy Spirit that I had to tidy the house, even though we didn't have a house viewing that day, back when we were selling our house, and then um, somebody turned up to view. 
I know that is God in the midst of every detail of my life, not in a pushy way taking over, but in a supportive way, because he knows me and knows how I would have had a meltdown if the house wasn't tidy before reviewing. I thought my life was okay before having Jesus in my life, um, that things were kind of going to plan, but now I see that a life with Jesus is so much better. Before Jesus, I lived my life looking for man's empty praise and caring about what other people thought. I felt anxious about money and my future, and I didn't really understand why I was here and what the point of life was. I spent years of doing everything in my own strength, <clears throat> feeling like it was all on me to make things happen and to succeed. God is now helping me to break those chains and I now feel freer than I ever have before because I trust God. I don't need to worry because I know he has me. He often shows me images of him literally carrying me in his hands. In Isaiah 46.4 it says in the Amplified Version, you have been carried by me from your birth and have been carried in my arms from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he, and even to your advanced old age, I will carry you. I have made you, and I will carry you. Be assured, I will carry you, and I will save you. Five times the word carry or carried is mentioned in that one verse. It's freeing to know that I'm not in this on my own, that God is walking in step with me, that I have Jesus as my friend and the Holy Spirit to guide me. The earliest word I remember having from God was Psalm 46:10, Be still and know that I am God. Every now and again, this word is brought back to my mind's eye when I need to be reminded to lean on God and to stop striving in my own strength, but to let him partner with me and carry me when I need it. I love Psalm 54, verse 4, but the Lord has become my divine helper. He leans into my heart and lays his hands upon me. I love that image of God leaning into my heart because to lean means you have to be there already. It shows me he's always there, right by my side, ready to just lean over when I need him, straight into my heart where I need him most. As part of our, <clears throat> as part of our church motto, we've talked about stepping out in faith, stepping into the water. In March 2019, God had shown me the same image with the message being, the key is to step in the water first. In other words, you make the first step and then I'll show you the next step and so on. I knew God was starting to lead me into leaving teaching. I wasn't happy in teaching, but it was a huge thing to leave. I'd paid thousands of pounds to train as well as the time spent doing my degree. Um, I'd been teaching since 2006 and I was at the top of my pay grade. The summer holidays were so useful with having the children. And so although I, know I, needed to, I knew I needed to leave, it felt so hard to step out and trust. COVID struck a year later and the messages and feelings I had from God got stronger and stronger. Although I was then ready to step out in faith, my husband, who's not a Christian, was not and suggested I tried one more school to prove it was not just the school, but the whole profession I was unhappy with. I got a job in a local school as a year leader and teacher. It was more money, literally around the corner, which was great, but I did not have peace about this job. I felt sick to my stomach when I applied, sick when I was offered an interview, and sick when I was told I had the job, and all the way through to starting. I lost quite a bit of weight over that time, and it was one of the hardest years of my life with COVID, new people, more responsibility, and a difficult leadership team. 
but God helped me through that year until I could then step out as he had called me to. I left my job with no job to go to, which I'd never done before. Everyone was telling me how brave I was and how they wished they could leave teaching but couldn't afford to, etc. I couldn't afford to either, but I had such a peace about it. I was not worried at all because I knew it was what I was being called to do. Not long later, I found another job working at Southampton Register Office, registering births, deaths and marriages, and that is where I am now, much happier. God has been teaching me how, although I felt my life was okay before him, it wasn't, and my whole life was upside down compared with his kingdom. My identity was in my job, even up to very recently in my new job, it still was. I realised I was still telling people, oh, I used to be a teacher, as if all my importance was in that job title. God has strongly shown me my identity is not in what I am doing for my job, but it is in who I am, and that is his child. I have the confident assurance in Jesus that I can pray, listen, obey, and trust. It's not always easy, and I'm not always quick to obey straight away, but I'm starting to be quicker with the smaller things so that it becomes second nature just to say yes, because ultimately I know Jesus wants what is best for me, and he knows a whole lot more than I do. That is the biggest change in my life that I don't need to worry because I seek God's plan for my life, listen and try my best to obey him because I know it's what's best for me. I love Psalm 16:5. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. I can't imagine living apart from Jesus now, knowing what I now know, and this is why I want to be baptised. It's another step into the water to show my commitment to the Lord. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's pray for Natalie now. Father God, I want to just thank you for Natalie, Lord, for the words that uh, she's spoken, for the testimony that she's given of who you are and uh, how she has a relationship, Lord, with you. I just pray you'll continue to be in both the, the big things and the little things, that you'll continue to carry her at those times when she needs to just feel your strong arms around her. I just pray you'll increase her faith, Lord, that she will uh, continue to hear from you clearly, that you'll continue to inform the decisions she makes, and that you'll just help her to grow and to grow in your love, to grow in your peace, Lord. And that each day she will just be filled again by your Holy Spirit, Lord. So come and fill her again now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to take my um, pastor hat on, put my parent hat on now, and invite my son up to give his testimony. You look cool. You must have a cool dad. <laughs> you ready? Hi, I'm Obi. You may know me. I'm Jim's son. You all know him. Everyone does, because he talks too much. <laughs> anyway, you're probably thinking that's why I'm getting baptised today, because my dad's the pastor here, but it's not. So I just wanted to share my reasons for getting baptised. Before I get into my first point, if you have a Bible or you could get one up on your phone, I'd like you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, because this verse really speaks to me. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. This verse encouraged me in my decision to get baptised because although I'm only 10, it explains that I can be really out there with my faith and speak out about my love for Christ in front of all of you. 
The main reason I'm getting baptised is because of God's incredible love for me. He accepts me for who I am and he loves me even when I mess up. If you take anything away from, from my baptism today, just take this away from it. God loves you. Whether you're 10 or 100 and whether you've messed up or not, God loves you. And to prove how much he loves you, he sent his only son, Jesus, who died on the cross three days ago, 2,000 odd years ago, so that, so that you could be in a relationship with him. That's how much God loves you. My second point is more personal to me, and that is that Jesus has done some miracles in my life, things that I cannot explain, cannot explain unless it was God. For example, as you know, us privates aren't the best with cars, and as you also know, with cars, anything could happen. But this time, a couple of years ago, we had an expensive job that needed to be done on our car, but we didn't have the money to, to be able to pay it off. The quote was too high. So I got praying, and after consistent prayer and one or two phone calls to the garage, a few days later we got a call from them saying that they do all the work and they pay for it themselves. I immediately thanked God for this miracle he, he, he had done for me and my, and my family. And that's just one of the number of times God has done some incredible things, such as praying for friends, my mum's illness to heal, and the list goes on. God is a miracle worker. Another thing I love about God is worshipping him. Singing songs and joining in with the worship band on Sunday is really important to me, which is one of the reasons why I love coming to church. But sadly for me, I don't get to church all too often because I'm not always around on Sundays. This is because of football. As you know, I love football and have been kicking around balls since I was two. But football is more than just an opportunity for me to, for me to enjoy kicking a ball around with friends. I believe God has given me the chance to be an example in speech, in life, in, in love, and in my faith. How it started was back in October 2020 at ETC, training, when a Pompey Academy scout saw me training and asked me to trial for them. I knew, I knew that I would have a big decision to make because Pompey played on Sunday mornings. So I, so I prayed and prayed and prayed for a month until I felt that God had given me a clear answer which was the sign for Pompey. I think it's really cool that our new motto text, which says, <laughs> where the river flows, everything will live. <laughs> I think it's cool that this fits in well with how God has been leading me on my football journey so far. I really felt like the river, oh Jesus, was guiding me to choose football so I could share my faith with those at the academy and, show, and talk and show God's, to them, God's love to them. And I think some of them are here today, maybe, I'm not sure. But if you are here today, thank you for coming and supporting me. It means a lot. Before I finish, I just want to share a line from a worship song that I love. Singing it in the car on the way to South End with, with my mum isn't quite the same as singing it at church, but God is still God whether I'm at church or not. The song is called Reckless Love, and, one, and it, in one line it says, Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Every time I sing it, it reminds me that God has given me life, and that before I was born, Jesus had a plan for me to live for him, and one of those plans was to get baptised today. I believe that God has, has a plan for everyone, and he wants everyone to know him, which is why he has sent his son, Jesus, and I hope that something I've said today will begin to will begin to make you think about God's love for you at two and how you can know him. Thank you.
I don't know how much of that was a testimony and how much of it was a sermon. It was amazing. When are you preaching? Next week. Brilliant. Come next week. Is that enough prep time? <laughs> let's, um, let's all pray for AB. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for AB's journey so far. Thank you that he's um, met with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that he's experienced miracles in his life and real answers to prayer. We're so incredibly grateful. Thank you for his courage today. Thank you, Lord, that not only can he say he has seen the Lord, but that he is now being obedient and being baptized. Thank you, Lord, for this, this young life and all the potential that is wrapped up in him. We know, Lord, that in, in times to come, there may be difficult times for him, as there are for all of us. But we just pray, Lord, that you will draw so close to him during those times. And we just thank you, Lord, that no matter what happens, you will be journeying with him. Lord, we just pray as he, he grows older that he would um, have courage to share his faith with his friends and that he will be able to point people to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite Danny up. Have you come, Danny? Hi, I'm Danielle and I'm here to get baptised. I was born into a Christian household, so I've believed in Jesus and what he has done for me my whole life. I've wanted to get baptised since the age of nine, but my parents didn't know if I was ready, so I had, they said I had to wait a bit before I decide. One reason I wanted to get baptised today is to show everyone how much I love God for what he has done for me and what he has given me. I can never thank him enough for the family and friends he has put in my life. Um, but I also know that God is also with me, so even when I've had bad thoughts cloud my head, he is my person to confide in. From a young age, if I had a nightmare, I knew I could wake up and pray about it to God to make me feel better. My dad was in the worship team, and they've had these practicings on Thursday for the band, and every time there was one, I would beg him and my mum <laughs> to go. Sometimes it was because I wanted a, an excuse to stay up late, because when you're 10, you don't exactly get the latest bedtime. Other times it was because I wanted to hear the band worshipping, as I loved being a part of that. I've been to Sunday school since I can remember and I mainly wanted to hang out with my friends. I loved the little dances they did with all the hand movements and my all-time favourite was my lighthouse. As I was getting older, I started going to the youth group. I went there not just to be with friends but began to really learn more about my faith. One thing I learnt was how to pray and to try different styles of prayer for my growing relationship with God. Also in the youth group, we had a retreat in October and I was as excited as anything. My friends told me about the prayer rooms and how there was times of worship every night. When I got to retreat, I really had a great time. I played with my friends on little scooter things and worked with my team to beat the others and went on walks with friends. But my favorite part was the worship that had started at eight. It was during one of these times of worship that I experienced God's presence. On the second or third night there, we had to worship as usual and I was singing this and the song was about to end and that's when I felt this overwhelming feeling that made me feel so emotional and happy. I had never experienced this before and it was so confusing, so much that I began crying. That's when I first felt the Holy Spirit and I realised I was ready to get baptised. 
After retreat, I was inspired, so I opened my Bible and spent a good hour just reading and highlighting verses that I found spoke to me. A verse that I highlighted that really made a mark was, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Isaiah 4, verse 10. This is why I'm ready today to make a big step further in my relationship with God, and I know he will welcome me with open arms. Let's pray for Danny. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Danny and the faith that she has. Thank you that she has read your word. She's felt a touch from the Holy Spirit, that she loves worship. Lord, thank you so much for the, the family that you've put her into, that have taught her since birth about the good news of Jesus. Um, we pray for them as a family, Lord, that they would, um, all of them, continue to grow in faith and to be inspired by you, Lord. We pray that you will walk closely with her through um, difficult times and joyful times. Um, and Lord, we just pray that you would just turn her into this incredible uh, woman of God. And pray that as a church, Lord, we would walk with her, support her, encourage her, and just love her on this faith journey. In Jesus' name, amen. So the next testimony is on video. We recorded it in the week. Paul uh, is very, very new to the church. Uh, we've got to know you over the last couple of months, but you hear a little bit more about his story. So if you brought your popcorn, this is the best time to eat it. It's a joke. Uh, it's about nine minutes, so it's good though. It's good content. So and uh, yeah, settle in and watch and listen to Paul's incredible testimony. Hello. So uh, Paul, it's a uh, real good pleasure to be able to interview you uh, for baptism. I know that you're a bit nervous to uh, do it in front of the church. But yeah, that's why we did it this way. Uh, but I just thought it'd be good for the church to get to know you a little bit and to um, hear your backstory, yep. uh, how you came to the church, but also then how you came to, to Christ and how you yep. want to get baptised as well. Um, so the first question is, tell us a little bit about yourself and your reason for being with us at Waypoint Church. Well, my name's Paul. Uh, me and my wife and son, Dylan, came here, it must be about two months ago now, I think. And uh, yeah, we just, me and Joe met at church 10 years ago. And uh, what church was that? New community. Yeah. And uh, we sort of, for other reasons and stuff, we, we sort of fell away from the church. But Joe's always kept her faith. She's always, I've probably wavered quite a lot. And then in the last five, six months, I've just really felt I needed to go back to church. Mm-hmm. And then we started looking into places, this place we saw, local. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, right, let's give it a go. Literally, we came here two months ago. We walked in, we both walked out, got in the car and went, we like it here, I think this is where we're meant to be. And I, that's when I emailed you and asked for a little chat. Yeah. yeah. Which you accepted. Yeah. And yeah, we've just felt very welcome and very settled. Fantastic. It's been a good couple of months. Amazing. Yeah, because you came to starting point, didn't you? Yes. The first Sunday. So starting point for those who don't know is like um, our newcomers yeah. type event that we we hope to run more regularly. So if you're new uh, to the church, then uh, hopefully a bit like Paul and Joe and Dylan, you can uh, get involved with one of those coming up as well. So yeah, uh, it's great. The first week you came was the week first day. On, first day. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that was probably a good oh, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come into this room. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you, your sort of journey of faith, so how you came to the decision to follow in Christ, saying yes to Jesus. I guess uh, growing up, we were brought up Catholic. Yeah. And then teenagers, typical teenage lad. Yeah. Sort of didn't have any faith, didn't have anything, getting into stupid stuff, doing normal lads things. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one of my best friends uh, went to Africa and come back and was and gave me a Bible. Mm-hmm. And he had been there a year doing Bible studies in school. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you've got to come. I was still not there. Yeah. And then it must have been another year or two passed. And then I just got fed up with the life I was in. Mm-hmm. You get to that stage where you just go, this ain't, this can only go a few ways. I've had enough of this. Yeah. And I just happened to open the drawer and saw the Bible he gave me, which was the message. Yeah. So I sat down and started reading that. Still wasn't sure. Okay. You know, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. So then he come back and was like, come to church. So I went to church. Still, what's this all about? Yeah. Is this for me? Yeah. I'm not sure. And I guess even the whole time I was at New Community, it was going through the process, but not really fully understanding yeah. what my place was yeah. or having a real connection. Yeah. I would say my real connection's been in the last six months, wow. where I was in a bit of a mental low. Yeah. And it was literally like one day God just spoke to me and said, what are you doing? I'm here, mate. Just yeah. talk to me about it. Yeah. So I did. And then I started reading the Bible again and stuff. And then, yeah, wow. it's just been amazing ever since. Yeah. So, because like, obviously, some people have that kind of Damascus Road, Paul in Acts, he talks like where he, he kind of sees the Lord and like yeah. the Lord speaks to him anyway. And he's like, wow, I understand it now. Yeah. For other people, it's that journey uh, of, well, of faith. And yeah. from what I'm hearing, it's, it's more that kind of journey of faith, you've kind of had the church experience. Yep. Um, but you, you've had a bit of a, a bit of a God moment as well, where he's, he's starting to pull you closer in. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's really cool. And so, where for you, what would you say? You know, what what for you was maybe the most um, poignant moment that you you realised what Jesus had done for you on the cross. So, I was starting to read the Bible again a lot. Yeah started getting reading all sorts of stuff and then the more you read the bible yeah. the more you get engrossed yeah like wow this guy's amazing yeah i can't believe you've done this for us yeah. you know and you, st- you have these moments and then I, as i said to you before i was at work on my break and i was reading a book called living in god's best yeah and it just really connected with me yeah and then at the end there was two prayers one to give your life to jesus and one for the holy spirit amazing and he, he quite clearly says, if you're not ready, don't do it. Yeah. But if you are, yeah. and I just felt I need to do this. So I said the prayer to give my life to Jesus and straight away I just felt a change. Oh, straight away. Wow. And then I What does that feel like? like different. You just like all it. the weight off my shoulders had just gone. Wow. And like, you know, I think everybody has self-doubt, yeah. guilt. Yeah, yeah. But it's in that moment that all just seemed to go. So then I turned the page and it was the Holy Spirit one. 
Yeah. So I said that and it was just like a wave hit me. I was just sat in the chair, I was like paralysed for about half hour, I couldn't move, I could have cried, I just felt unbelievable love and just joy, happiness. Yeah, yeah. And that lasted for about an hour, wow. you know. If anyone at work's watching this, I was working at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work anyway. But I was just sat in the... I, so you were at work? I was at work. Wow. We've got um, a multi-story car park, we've got a little office in. I was sat on my own in a tiny little room, done this prayer, and literally for half hour couldn't move out of the chair. I was just overwhelmed. That's incredible. I could have just cried. I just felt emotion. Yeah. Took me probably over an hour to come out of that state. I was walking around work just in a lot of days. And then I was on the phone to Joe. Joe was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, how do you feel now? I just, like I said, the weight of the world had gone. Mm-hmm. Everything that I was worried about just seemed to go. Yeah. And it was almost like God was like, I've got you. That's incredible. Leave it with me. We'll sort it out. I love that. Yeah, I love how I love, I love how personal it is. It's not like and, and please hear this right way. Like it's not an emotional response. You were just no. you were on your own. Yeah, and like it was just you and God, and you were just chatting away, and praying, was, and then His Spirit just sort of falls on you. If you've never so, had it and it happens, it's undeniable. Yeah, wow. you can't. Wow. Once that's happened, yeah, it's almost like your faith just goes. Yeah, because any doubt's gone. Yeah. You know, any of that, I think that's why I needed that. Any little doubt was like, am I doing this for the right? Is this real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone. Wow. In that it's wonderful beautiful. second. Wow, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That was cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, which is uh, probably pretty obvious, but uh, why is it that you so quickly have thought, I want to get baptised? I want to get baptised. Told to. Okay. I was literally, for a week, I was thinking about it. Joe's always said, oh, you should get baptised. I've never been sure whether it was the right time. Yeah. After that moment, I was praying on it, and I was just like, I feel like this is the right time. Mm. Then that whole week, I was thinking about it. I said to Joe, I'm not sure. I think it's my time. We come here, and your service that day was like, by the way, we're baptisms on. I was like... I don't need more of a sign than that. Wow. I've been praying on it all week, and then you open the ser- service on a Sunday with anyone that wants to get baptised Easter Sunday. Wow. Come speak to me, and I was just like, yeah. oh, I mean, I, lo- I know what you said. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, and that was it. I, from the moment I uh, spoke to you about it, I've been excited ever since. I'm really looking really forward to it. Yeah, and I think I think with baptism, you know, it's not you're not you're not saying that you know, you're a perfect person no. and that now you're ready to give baptised, there's always going to be moments that you kind of, faith is like up and down, isn't it? So, 100%. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's, but it's being obedient, really. Jesus yeah. says to get baptised and uh, you've been praying about it. And, yeah, so, mate, that's really exciting. And it just, was. It was, since we've been here, mm. things have happened mm. that have just fell into play. Well, we've been talking about things, praying, and then we're coming here on a Sunday and you guys are talking about stuff that we've been asking. We're like, wow. wow. It's like we're being spoken to. And like, that's how we know we were like, we're in the right place, I think. Fantastic.
Let me just pray for this big guy. <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you for Paul. I just want to thank you for, the, for his testimony. Thank you, Father, for the journey that you have brought him on. Father, your word tells us that you never leave us or forsake us. And I just pray, Father, when those times come, and they will come, where there may be doubts, that he may know that you are with him at all times. I thank you for his testimony. I thank you for his journey. Father, you have not given up on Paul, and you haven't given up on any of us. And we thank and praise you for that. And Father, we just pray for this next part of Paul's journey that he is on, that you will bless him that the Holy Spirit will be upon him. We thank you for the way in which you have worked in his life so far, and we look forward to the way in which you're going to develop him in the future. In your name, amen.